Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, you're listening to the Five Minute Talk Show with Phil Iazetta. We're bringing you today's best comedy and entertainment personalities. Now, your host, Phil Iazetta. Joining us right now on the hotline, a guy who I think I followed his entire career extremely closely. I think I might have even stalked him a few times. You know him from Full House, Uncle Danny Tanner, America's Funniest Home Videos. My favorite, though, the Aristocrats, the one and only Bob Saget. Bob, thank you so much for taking time out. Thank you. My pleasure. I think it was Uncle Danny Tanner. I think it was the dad, Danny Tanner. I oh, think. Then. It was Uncle Danny to nobody, I think. <laughs> Right. I don't know why I had to correct that. I had no idea. But there might be four people listening. Oh, he wasn't the uncle. He was the dad. <laughs> well, you know what? A lot more than four because that thing, is that the show that just never dies? It I will mean... not die. It is a terminator of sitcoms. It, uh, <laughs> there are new children being born right now. There are heads crowning and the kids saying, <laughs> I need to watch the Michelle show. Now, Bob, the thing I love about you is you are the complete polar opposite of what everyone in, you know, just regular everyday America knows because you're a stand-up comic at heart. That's how you started. I mean, can you get, take us through the progression? Well, when I came out to L.A., I was uh, actually 17. Wow. And then I moved back when I was 22 because I went to film school. So at 21 years old, I was back in L.A. working for free at the comedy store, and I'd become friends with Gary Shandling and was sitting in the back of the room at the comedy store, and Mitzi, the owner, had asked me to become a regular. So the people that I would see on every night were David Letterman, uh, Michael Keaton. So then I started hosting the comedy store. So for seven years, I would host the Westwood Comedy Store, which is no more, and the original Room Comedy Store. And I'd be bringing Richard Pryor up on stage and Eddie Murphy. And, and it was just uh, quite um, amazing in, a, in an education that you can't even explained to anybody. And it was that comedy boom that we're kind of starting to see again in its own way because of the way the world is right now. This was comedy rock and roll. This was after Steve Martin had stopped doing his arenas. Yep. Uh, Freddie Prince was no longer alive. And that's when I started. So. so so you were right at the time, Bob, not to interrupt you, but you were talking like Harris P was a doorman over at comedy, at, right? At the comedy yeah. store. And you had guys running around like Louis Anderson. You had, I believe, Robin Williams was just getting his uh, his Robin start. Was I met Robin when I was 22, and he wow. was one of the reasons why I even wanted to do stand-up. I, I um, spent a lot of time with him. It's a very, very strange time in comedy, which makes me want to do it even more. I don't know if it's just because I'm, I'm old school or what, but you talk about the names that we just mentioned. There, I don't think there'll ever be another class like that, because Letterman, Leno, prior we just mentioned robin williams can you take people back though because I, I i think louis anderson put it the best last week because we were talking about robin and he said when robin got on stage it was like this orb this magical orb that just kind of sucked the life force out of the whole room and just became the center of attention can you explain what it was like to see that guy for the first time i would say it in exactly his words and i don't have to have any responsibility for my own um <laughs> he was the biggest comedy fan of all time in so much, he was also able to absorb everything he'd ever seen comedically and replicate it. So he was an incredible mimic, as well as his mind was so advanced. The Rolodex that went on in his consciousness was tenfold of most anyone that can exist. I don't know what it is about comedians, and maybe that's why I love you guys so much, but is there ever a part of you that, you know, you, you got to stop trying to please people, you just got to stop trying to make people laugh and just sort of take care of yourself? Because I notice you guys, some of you are the most unselfish people I've ever seen. 
Well, that's a very long question, and it's a <laughs> smart question, and it and it's uh, it's true. You you know every bit of therapy you would possibly want to do says you got to take care of yourself first. You're right. not good to anybody else. Uh, and Robin certainly had the output of more people in one lifetime than a million people could even do. He could move a mountain. This guy. Right. Um, and I I had a sister who had scleroderma, and she passed away from it. And I I'm on the board of the Scleroderma Research Foundation. And Robin did the very first benefit and did. Thirty years afterward, he did seven more times, and they raised thirty million dollars. And uh, there was no ice buckets used in order to do that, right. um, which is also admirable, by the way. Yep. Uh, and, but, and no one found out about it either, which is the thing that I love. You're right. Robin was very humble about it. Robin right. wanted to help. We all knew that this was a meteor that no one would want to capture. You didn't want to harness his energy. You wanted to utilize it. And last time I saw Joan Rivers was oh. at her house when she was having me do her thing, sleep over in bed with Joan or whatever. Yep. And it wasn't her bed, thank God, because there was <laughs> some kind of dust mites. But but her loss is another deeply, deeply uh, felt hard time. And again, it doesn't make me want to get on stage and do eulogies, doesn't make me want to get on stage and go, oh, look at the world, we have to destroy ISIS. You know, this is not what I'm here for. I'm here to give an audience the most fun they could have and forget for an hour that there's anything but, you know, a, a nice time to be had because the world, as you know, is turning into a, a more difficult place exponentially, and it always has. But uh, this is particularly, uh, we're getting particularly hazed by a lot right now. The voice you're listening to, that of the incomparable Bob Saget, 24. No, that's your voice. That's your voice <laughs> that I heard just now. <laughs> Tell your full name. Phil Izetta. But but, but say your your whole whole full name though. Phil Philip Izetta. I, I, Zeta. I, Zeta. I, I, Zeta or is it I, Zeta? I, Okay, so the voice you're listening to right now at the moment is Bob Saget, but the other voice you've been listening to is Phil Izetta. It's time to get out to Jackie the Joke Man Martling for Jackie's Joke of the Week. Two old guys are on a park bench, and the first guy says, I'm so old I can't even remember how old I am. The second guy says, I can tell you how old you are. The first guy says, uh, oh, yeah? Second guy says, yeah. Stand up on the bench and bark like a dog as loud as you can. The first guy climbs up on the park bench, barks for a while, and then the second guy says, you're 93. The first guy says, how could you tell? The second guy says, you told me yesterday. <laughs> For more Jackie Martling, go to Jokeland.com. Now, Bob, the, the other thing I, I just appreciate so much, you've had so much success in television and everything else, but what is it about stand-up? Is it the energy, the way you get the direct response from the audience? I mean, what is it about stand-up that you just can't get enough of? It's something that you really want to say to people, and it's not filtered through anybody but yourself. And I think one of my maturity things that's happened to me as I've gotten older and now I'm getting into my 90s is, <laughs> is, to, is to accept that stand-up is not only a valid form of art expression, but it is, it's a special one. It's not a lot of people that know how to do it. So it's not what people think. It's not some chance to get up on stage and curse. It has nothing to do with anything. It, just, it has to do with saying what's on your mind and being in the moment and being real and wanting to impart a positiveness and, and have people have fun. It's time for Bob Zaney in this week's Zaney Report. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, it's Bob Zaney uh, with the Zaney Report, brought to you by BobZaney.com. New studies found 15% of teenagers think their parents are tracking their online activities. The other 85% mistakenly hooked up with their dad on Tinder. Kind of a sad note, a man wearing earbuds and looking at his phone was struck and killed by a train. The sad part, the last text he received was, look up, here comes the train. And finally, in Union City, Tennessee, authorities say a medical helicopter crew suffered minor injuries from a hard landing. Now, here's the weird part. They were responding to a man's complaint of an erection lasting more than four hours. And there you have it. I'm on the Twitter, at Bob Zaney. See more Zaney Report jokes there. And Zaney Bob on the Instagram. Till next time, this is Bob Zaney for the Zaney Report. Bye-bye. Thanks, Bob. And welcome back to the 5-Minute Talk Show. I got to ask you this. USC, your film school career didn't last too long. What happened there, Bob? Well, they saw me, and I had an eye hanging out the wrong way. I had it surgically fixed. I went to Temple University in Philly, and I won the Student Academy Award for a movie I'd made uh, about a little boy that had his face reconstructed. So I won the student Oscar when I was uh, 21. I came out to L.A., and then the owner of the comedy store, Mitzi, said, you could work here for nothing. So I decided that that was a great business deal. (laughs) And I quit grad school at USC, which was very hard to get into. Of course. uh, had I gone to it, I probably would have made some decent horror movies and then gone on to direct stuff, you know, the television stuff or whatever I had gone on to do because I had the mechanics for it. I liked doing it a lot. It's probably my first love is directing. But what did the folks say when you, le- you graduate Temple, you go out to USC, which is basically like an Ivy League school when it comes to film school. I right. mean, what's the reaction of Dad? Because wasn't Dad a doctor? Were proud. They were very, very proud of me because they thought our Bobby is special. <laughs> and he can do anything he wants to do. So it was this messianic, uh, messed up belief system. I absolutely love it. Same things my folks would have done. People who've seen you on, you know, the family shows, the America's Funniest Home Video, the Full right. House, your stand-up completely different. We got a taste of it in the Aristocrats. Well, there's more. There's the last special, for example, got nominated for a Grammy Award. So I don't know who. I guess people heard it more than they used to because um, it was <laughs> Grammy. But, um, oh, look at you. I love it. <laughs> right? But, but, more, but more people, I think, know. I mean, they have the, the, the sense of memory when they're in their 20s and 30s and 40s of the Full House show. But sure. most of the people, or the video thing, but most people know what I've done over the years just by watching stand-up and stuff because I've done a couple of specials of note, as you would say. Yes. They, they are. They're of note. They're, they're a flat note, but they're a note. They're a B-sharp. <laughs> but anyway, people are not shocked when they see it. So... They're usually ready and happy, and there's enough on the YouTube and enough on my, you know, if you hit my website, it just shows you all my, you know, you, you can look at my stuff in 10 seconds anyway because of the way the world is. So they, they got the joke because it was 25 years ago. So once in a while there'll be like an 80-year-old lady who called the paramedics for, you know, just it. because she didn't expect me to say that. And it turns out nothing was wrong with her. It was just her first orgasm. <laughs> See, that's the kind of stuff you can expect from Bob Saget. And that's not that's even right. that dirty. It's a it's clinical. <laughs> got to ask you a final question. Yes, sir. Weirdest video you got when you were doing that show? I know it was a long time ago, but people had to send you in some yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah, there was stuff. one, and I talked about it once. I think I talked about it in a special. I think I might have even put it in the book. It was two overweight people, supersized, and they were in a shower, and they were naked, and they had the camera locked off across from them on a tripod, just running, and nobody was there. They were alone, just the two of them in the shower. And I think it was a man and a woman. I don't know. It could have been It was, could have been two sea manatees, for all I know. <laughs> but they were laughing and laughing, and they smashed the shower door. 
and you saw them standing there naked, and the shower door broke, and they fell on the ground, and they just kept laughing. Now they're below frame. They're just you don't you don't see anything, but you hear them flopping around and laughing. And you know those broken shower glass down there, but they're still giggling and giggling, which means they're kind of messed up on something. And then that was it, and it was just. Uh, the only I, I, I think my joke at the time would have been they should have had the clapper on in there. So every time they smacked against each other, that could have been like a light show. But it was it was just disgusting. And I and I don't. I'm glad we didn't show it because it was. Uh, it's people ate dinner around the time the show used to be on, like seven to eight o'clock at night. I, I didn't want them to see supersized people flopping around on the ground. So that's one that I that I uh, I try to get out of my mind, and now I've just put it into your listeners' mind. I'm sorry. No matter how much they paid you for that show, it wasn't enough. Just thinking of that image, it really no, wasn't. No, no, but I've and, and they should have just paid for the therapy that came out. That would have been plenty. <laughs> He's Bob Saget. We all love him. We have for years. Thanks so much, Bob. Pleasure. Thanks a lot. It was a it was a pleasure doing this. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to the 5-Minute Talk Show. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and keep listening at 5MinuteTalkShow.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a 5-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.